Hey there, guys, and thank you for stopping by and making time for the Institute of World Mission podcast today. Just before officially starting this episode, let me quickly ask you this question. Have you actually subscribed to the IWM podcast? Somehow, I haven't really asked this question much before, but realize more and more that this is quite important. Let me explain. Subscribing means using an Apple podcast app on your iPhone or a Google Play Music on your Android device, or Stitcher or Spotify apps on any smartphone, basically. And right there, in the app, whichever app you're using, clicking the subscribe button on the IWM podcast feed. This is the best way to make sure our weekly episodes are delivered to you, automatically downloaded, that they are ready to play when you are ready to listen. The second best way is to subscribe to the IWM podcast email weekly updates. That's done on our website. You'd need to go to iwm.adventist.org forward slash podcast. So just one word, forward slash podcast. And in the right sidebar, find weekly podcast updates box. Enter your first, last name, your email, and then click send me the updates big red button. You just can't miss it, right? And you'll be notified by email on a weekly basis. Friends, really, there's got to be a way for our community to stick together. And if you are a listener, if you want to give podcasting a try, let's find a way to give this show an opportunity to appear in our lives. All right, enough of that. Let's go with the main episode. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Institute of World Mission is part of several services at the General Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church that focus on all things mission. They're mostly grouped under secretariat. At the General Conference, we even have an endearing term. We say a family of mission services. By the way, before sharing with you what those are, we even have a page on our website that presents our partners. You can find the page at iwm.adventist.org forward slash partners. Very simple address, right? Check it out. The page presents all our colleagues in the mission family and their ministries in two ways. Some are focused on providing support and resources. So this is going to be one group. We belong to this particular group. Those are the International Service Employee Support Team or the International Personal Resources and Services, which we call IPRS. And many of you know very well what that is. That group also includes Adventist Mission, the Office of Adventist Mission. I'll come back to the Office of Adventist Mission in just a second here. The second group of ministries that is highlighted on on that webpage is all about mission opportunities. Here you'll find the link to Adventist Volunteer Services website, to the brand new Vivid Faith Ministry, and to the Total Employment Tentmaker Ministry. In the future, friends, I will devote a separate podcast episode to each of these teams. We'll talk with the leaders from all of those ministries. It's just so interesting what's available and possible, what is going on, what our church is doing in missions. 
Today, though, I'd like to take you to the Office of Adventist Mission. A very prominent part of the Office of Adventist Mission are the Global Mission Centers. There are six of them. Each center is in charge of developing approaches to people of one of the world religions. Today's interview is with Cliff. We agreed that we won't use Cliff's last name, but I'm allowed to say that Cliff is the director of the Center for South Asian Religions. All right, so we are talking about the Center for South Asian Religions. And in just a second, Cliff will tell us all about that. Cliff, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Glad to be here. And you know what? I'm really glad to talk with you about uh, some of the things we agreed about, especially the center that you lead. But before we do that, could you please share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Thank you, Alex. As my name is Cliff, and I'm excited to, to be part of this interview. So a little about myself. I grew up as an Adventist. My parents are the one who came from the world religions. So dad came from a Muslim background, and mom is from a Hindu Pentecostal background. And so even today, I have a number of my relatives from the world religions. So as a child, I was exposed to at least three world religions. And a little more, as I was growing up, one of the things that really excited me is to be a missionary. I dream about being a missionary when I was a child. And especially having the chance to see many of the mission stories that was done by Adventist Mission in the 90s. And so as a child, I was amazed to see how much different people are in different places. And so, so God answered my prayer when my family and I was called to the mission field. And so we, our first mission assignment was spent in Trinidad and Tobago and having the chance to, to spend six years there learning about the mission of God to, to people in the world religion was something that I was very surprised because as a missionary, sometimes you think that you go and you have a lot to give, but actually it was the reverse. We learned a lot about God's people and the people God has created. And the love that they have extended to us was, was a tremendous blessing. And today we, we are still missionaries. And what is even surprising is that we are in a new context. And we get to see how different people are in a different part of the world. Even though we have a lot in common, they're still different. And so God has continued to bless us in that regard. Awesome to hear. Thank you for sharing, Cliff. So now you are the director for South Asian religions. And let me just ask you a little bit about that. So what religions does that include? The Center for South Asian Religions covers people groups. Okay. And so people group that, and the word people group is a definition of people who lived and belonged to a certain part of the world. They may speak different languages. They may have certain religious backgrounds, but their identity is wrapped about in the tradition of that people group that belonged to that particular place in the world. For example, in Southern Asia, you have India, for example, 
India is, is a large country and it has so many people groups that they share a common religion that we know it as Hinduism, but actually many of the people there do not really understand or do not see themselves as Hindus. They see themselves as belong to Sanata Dharma, mm-hmm. which, which basically in English would be eternal religion or they may have said eternity. It's there, permanent. And so the difference is, as you go from one section of India to another, you find that the the food changes, the dress changes, the beliefs changes, and the people changes. And so that is India. There is over 2,000 people groups in India. No kidding. 2,000 people groups, distinct people groups in one country. That's correct. And languages is also the same. So if you go in India, yes, they have national language. So the northern part of India would be Hindi. But as you go central of India, the language change. But apart from the language that the majority of the people speak in that state, you go into the village or into the town and you find that they have a mother tongue. A completely different A completely different mother tongue. There's a dialect. It's so hard to imagine, but I definitely uh, am trying to. And and, and the same is also true with their belief system. Yes, as I said before, Hinduism is the dominant religion in India. But then as you go into the families, you find that they have the same as the language that is unique, so as their beliefs. They have family religion if you want to use that term, that is unique to, the, to that family. And then they have the national beliefs, and then, you know, the country beliefs. What a challenge. I mean, yeah. what a diversity that we as an Adventist movement face in there. And so, so this, this is a little about the South Asian world. And so we refer to people of South Asian background because this, this is their identity. And so the Center for South Asian Religion was set up by the World Church to be able to to create a platform so that we can build bridges, so that we can communicate with people and we can learn about them, learn about how God has created them and and where we can have eternal friendships. This is so great to hear. Now, let let me just break it down a little bit and take it step by step because I want to get as much as possible from you today, Cliff. I really appreciate talking with you. So in broad terms, could you help our listeners to kind of have a picture of our movement, the Adventist movement among South Asians? What's the history, you know, and what's the current state? We, it's well documented that the Adventist church is a latecomer to, to the mission era. And what we got on board, and when the Adventist church got on board in the mission era, the first place in the South Asian context that Adventists engaged was actually in Calcutta. Okay. Um, if we want to use that, there were many other countries that we went to. You know, you have Nepal, Sri Lanka, and other places. You have the, the Caribbean countries where a lot of South Asian descendants lived, and Mauritius, and other places. But in terms of the largest country, India, the first place that Adventists has connected with the South Asian is Calcutta, okay. the city of Calcutta. And it was actually one of the, the areas that focuses on health and bringing health to the people of India, and then followed by education. 
And so, so this is this is the history. So we had a hospital, a school. Well, we started a you know clinic. We had nurses okay. that went, and then it, that grew into hospitals. And today, the Adventist Church in India has continued to strive and do very well with education. And so, this is something that the church has is well respected in India because of the quality education that we provide for the South Asians. That is very nice to hear. Very nice to hear. So, Cliff, what are some of the challenges that we are experiencing at the current state of our development? It's a broad question. So it all depends on which part of the world we're talking about where South Asian lives. But let's give a couple of examples. So especially we can go back to India where the majority South Asians live. Some of the challenges we face locally within the country is that when we engage people and we try to communicate with them and build bridges, we face a challenge of culture. So this is one of the challenges we face, is that the culture of the Adventist Church and the culture of the South Asian people are very different. And so try to build bridges, we, there's a lot of miscommunication. What is, it, what is our intent? What do we bring to people? And people misunderstand that, or we misunderstand them. And so I remember clearly that I was talking to a South Asian. And I said, we have a center in your community, and we want to invite you to come to get some of the benefits. And this particular lady said, so this is what you guys do. You invite us South Asians to your meetings so that you can try to change us to become like you. And I was a little surprised because we had classes that focuses on healthy cooking, we had counseling at the center, we had programs for parents. We had nothing about religion, about the center, nothing about religion. The only time we had anything that, that we would consider religion is if someone asked for special prayer. We would gladly pray it for them. So as I listened to this, to this mother, probably a grandmother, about how her response to me. And I said, you know, I'm sorry about your experience. I don't know what your experience has been, but we, we care about you. Mm-hmm. That's we, a crucial point. We care about you. We're, we have nothing at the center to try to change you to become like us. We value your family, and we provided things that to benefit you. You take it, it blesses you, and that's all we ask for, nothing else. And so as I shared with her, this lady, she became very surprised at my response. Because we, t- at the center, when we provide service for South Asians, we do it without any strings attached, if we want to use that term. So, Cliff, just to make it clear for our listeners, when you were referring to that particular center, it was what we know as Center of Influence, and it was a local ministry, a local community center. Now, when we are referring to the Center for South Asian Religions now, in connection with the Adventist mission of our world church, we are referring to a totally different thing. So just to make sure we are differentiating those things for our listeners. Thank you, Alex. Good clarification. And the word center is a generic term. So we're talking about two centers, the Center for South Asian Religions, which is the World Church Center, given the responsibility to help the Adventist church understand the South Asian community and how to build bridges. So we work with the leaders of the Adventist Church globally. 
And I was speaking about a local center in South Asian community that is a bridge to the people. We're not done with Cliff and we'll be right back to the interview in just a minute here. A special announcement today I'd like to tell you about the IWM brand new course. It's called Fundraising for Mission. It's our latest edition and the course is now available from our website at iwm.adventist.org forward slash course dash catalog course dash catalog the fundraising for mission course is for every missions practitioner who lacks financial resources that probably includes everyone wouldn't you say and if this description includes you you will learn a few valuable things among them how to approach potential donors what are the basic universal principles and methods of fundraising how to prepare for a fundraising campaign and follow up what are the needed attitudes for successful fundraising? If you would like to grow this important skill, click on the Fundraising for Mission course link right there in the show notes. So you said that was one story. You mentioned that there will be a couple Yes, of let me tell another story. I was in an airplane flying to, to Delhi, and sitting next to me was South Asian. Mm-hmm. And as we were interacting, one of the questions, well, actually he found out that I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you're a pastor. I'm so excited because I have lots of questions to ask a pastor. And so I said, sure, I can't promise you I'm going to answer all of them, but I'll try. So his first question, why do Christians convert South Asians? And so I said, that's a very good question. And so as I began to share with him, and I said, Christians do not convert people because we don't have any power to change anybody. And I began to share with him, I said, you know, what we do is that we help people. We show them God's love. We show them that God cares for you and your family. And we minister to people. This is the model that Jesus Christ has given us, you know, mingle with people, minister to their needs, show sympathy care for them. And this is what we do as a people. And as I share with him, this young professional was, was shocked because that's not the kind of answers he was looking for, he wasn't expecting. In his worldview, his experience was that Christians are people who just come and they just want to convert us South Asians and that's it. But as I share with him, he left. we left that experience together that he has a new perspective about who really Adventists are. Cliff, you just used a word, worldview, and that ties so well right into my next question, which is, could you help our listeners just to get a, a glimpse of the main characteristics of the South Asian worldview? How is it different from the biblical Adventist worldview? Could you describe this for us so we, we have a better understanding? Thank you, Alex. That is a very complex question, but the best I can do is to compare it with the other side of the world, which is the western part compared to the eastern part. Sure, that would be That would be the best I can do for the time that we have. The people from South Asian background are very communal. It's very family-oriented, and we all are family people. We have family, we grew up in families, but we are influenced a lot by the structures of how we were raised. For example, In the West, when you're raised as a child, you're told that there comes a time when you become independent. 
You know, you're being prepared from a child to think independently. You're being trained as a child to think about the needs you have and understand yourself and your values and how, and this is how you're shaped as a child. In the South Asian context, as a child, you're raised to think about the needs of the community and how people interact with each other. What, what role do you fit in to this society? And so there's very little independence in the worldview thinking of South Asians. It's so very much group-oriented group, as a cultural that's correct. value. That, that is a very strong value. Another thing that you have in the South Asian context is that religion is an integral part of your life. It's not just only one part. It affects every area of your life. So as a South Asian, whether you go to work, whether you go to school, religion plays a role. Whereas in the, in the opposite side, religion is something more of a category. You deal with it only at this particular time, and then you're done. And you go on to something else. And so, to explain a little more like of what I mean, let me give you a good example. If there's a storm coming, someone in the West will think about, well, this is a natural phenomenon, and the weather cast person will tell us when it comes and when it goes. Whereas someone from the East, when they think about that, they think, what have I done wrong? Maybe God is sending a warning message to me. And someday I need, to, I need to spend a little more time to evaluate who I am. And so the, the way we look at life is very different from the, from the South Asian context to the rest of the world. Very interesting. Another aspect would you like to highlight something else about their worldview that would be kind of to the face, maybe not seen, maybe on the other hand not seen by a person, a cross-culture worker who works with South Asian that don't, they couldn't quickly can't quickly see it, but it plays a critical role. i share another one with you. In the South Asian context, it's a, it's a shame-based society. A shame-based society. Yes, honor and shame. And so, so when many of them, and the good example is that when, they, when South Asians become part of the Adventist church, they come in with their worldview, which is a shame-based society. And for us in the West, even though we have, we're diverse, community as a church, we tend to put the value of the Western influence of how we, how we looked at guilt and innocence, right? And so, so when we present the gospel or when we share with people and we try to connect with them, we tend to use the thing of making someone feel guilty. Well, think about, think about the, the wrong things in your life and then you will want to change. Actually, in the South Asian context, that is shame. We shamed people to think about the Bible. And so what this does is that it, it pushes, pushes people away. Very because, because people don't want to be shamed. They want to have honor. They want to receive honor. And so this is, this is an area that is very easy to miss. So when we confront someone, we tend to, bring, to reveal their shame publicly. And public shame is one that drives South Asians further away from you. Thank you for mentioning this, Cliff. And I would just like to very quickly add, we're doing a whole series with Gabby, Gabby Phillips on shame and honor. She's actually a lead person in this. She's the interviewer and she's doing a whole series of 10 to 12 podcast episodes on this very thing. And this is, we've now made available two or three through our feed and for our listeners, if they will want to kind of dig a little bit deeper into what that means. We are trying to really unpack this through Institute of World Mission in 
collaboration with North American Division AMR office. Cliff, back to the Center for South Asian Religions. Would you share with us what are some of the materials that are available, some of the resources, some of the things that are that people can look into to improve their ministry among South Asians? Thank you, Alex. More than happy to share some of the things. We would like to direct you to our website. We have website, we have two domain names or two places you can access the website. So the acronym is C-S-A-R, that is C for Charlie, S for Sam, A for Apple, R is for run, dot global mission centers dot O-R-G. And now this is the, the American spelling for centers. Okay. And it ends with S. The other shorter domain name is G for George, M is for Mary, and C for Charlie, S for Sam, A is for Apple, R is for run, dot O-R-G. So that would be G-M-C-A-S-R at dot O-R-G. Dot O-R-G. That's correct. Now, that site has two sides. It has the public side, so it talks a lot about the things we spoke about, the South Asian culture, understanding who are South Asians, some of the world religions. We cover that there. And then we have the membership side. The membership side are for people who want to learn a little more. And so you can sign up and become a member. Once we, you sign up, we approved it. And from there, you will have, we have different categories. We have resources that are written articles. We have brochures. We have tracks that you can share with your South Asian friends. Some of them we are familiar with. We call them glow tracks, very common name. So we have a few of those. We also have resources on health. Health is a, is a major issue among South Asians. Diabetes, heart, hypertension, and other things. And a and, great bridge. Uh, to and, make and a great bridge to be able to show we care. So we have some of those resources. We also have, we have some videos that helps to understand the context. Some of the challenges we, we face as a church, as we interact with people from a different world religion. We also have a beautiful magazine that is just re- the most recent thing that we have produced. It's, it's called South Asian Messenger. Okay. And this one is to be able to help us as a church to learn more about the people that are co-workers or friends or neighbors or friend or someone on a flight or whoever we come into contact with so we could learn a little more about them so we can share and we can build bridges of eternal friendship with them. And then we are also coming soon is, is a resource that we can give out. So we have a number of resources that you can give to a South Asian. We have one that's going to be talking about Christmas. What is Christmas? And how do we share with our South Asians about Christmas? So that is going to be coming very soon. Cliff, I'm so thrilled to see how the center works. And probably one of the important reasons for doing this podcast is that we have Seventh-day Adventist missionaries, cross-cultural workers, who in one way or another maybe are hosted by South Asians. And we would love them to know your voice, at least through the podcast, it's possible to know that you're there, that the center is there and what's available on multiple levels. Just like you said, friends, the center has some of the materials out in the open, but as well as a membership website, plus outreach materials as well. 
So you will definitely want to get hold of some of those things. I understand the membership cliff would be kind of, you approve every person, right? To, to make sure that they are affiliated with the Seventh-day Adventist Church and that they are in this ministry. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. All right. Cliff, well, how can our listeners get in touch with the center maybe outside of the two websites or that would be the way to proceed for them? Yes, we have a contact page on the website. So okay. that's one way you could say that I want more information. Another is that they can, they can contact you and you can refer them to me. Another is that email is always a good way to connect with people. And so from, I'm not sure if on the podcast, if you could put online the email address. I'm not sure how that works. Oh, we definitely can. So and, um, we can post that in the show notes, which we will happily do Yeah, and so there will be an email address, a general email address that they could respond to. Excellent. Um, let me just share one thing about us as we wrapped up here, that hospitality is something very, is a high value among South Asians. And so as you interact with South Asians, they're very, the people who like to invite you to their home, they like to share a meal. They want to invite you to the festivals and to the interaction. Let's explore that as an opportunity to connect. Sometimes we're a little afraid because we don't know all the beliefs of South Asians, but hospitality is a great way to build friendship. So them. it's not hard to be in people's houses and invite them to their own houses. And yeah. that, is, that is a step to take. Cliff, thank you very much. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Alex. As is our custom, now's the time for news and updates from our team. First off, have you checked our blog yet? My colleague Mili Castillo is behind every weekly article that comes out. She puts a lot of work into this. And yes, you heard it right. We have a weekly article. Those articles are not long. Each takes about 5-10 minutes to read. This week's post is titled Parenting Third Culture Kids. If you have a TCK at home, like Amy and I do, you'll want to see that article. Just go to iwm.adventist.org forward slash blog, and you'll find it there. Our next webinar registration is open. The topic is how to learn a foreign language. It takes several smart skills and mindsets to date effectively. We'll have an actionable presentation and discussion with Paul Massey, an Adventist expert in this field. In fact, Paul mastered the Turkish language, which is very difficult to learn. If you want to be able to do something similar, join us on December 19. Don't forget to check out our show notes. I'm linking to a couple related past episodes. One is with Homer Trekartin, who is currently manages all global mission centers. Remember, this is very related to today's interview. And the other is with Paul Massey, with whom we will have the webinar next month. So we already had Paul on air in our podcast, right? We had an interview. See the show notes to catch up with that episode as well. We still are running the IWM podcast end of the year survey. If you are our listener and you do want to make us feel good and give a little bit back please take this survey. It's anonymous and you can choose which questions to answer. But three, five minutes of your time will go a long way for us. So thanks in advance. And another way to be an ambassador for the IWM podcast is to spread the word about it. Share individual episodes or our entire podcast page on social media if it is appropriate in your context. 
or give someone a personal recommendation, which is always the best. We're not asking for reviews and ratings on iTunes. We have no ambition to make this show popular in the world, but we do want for it to reach every Adventist missions practitioner because you are our community. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. And to make that happen, hit that subscribe button.